Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. Welcoming a returning guest. You all know this man. Uh, the Walmart great value version of Chadwick Bossman. Uh, the Black Panther himself. Dimitri, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good to be here, bro. You know, I always got to joke and clown you a little bit. You know, it's only right. Hey, you know, it's all good, bro. It's all good, man. <laughs> none you know, take it, none take it. I, it better not be. I'll kick you off the show. <laughs> 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 but, you know, there's a lot of things I want to talk about in this podcast. It's going to be a little different from the normal content I usually do. It's more about, like, the political and, and you know, racial issues going on. I want to take a break from that and talk about combat sports because we're both fans. I know you train boxing. You know, I'm I'm getting involved in kickboxing and, you know, like the UFC kind of thing. And there's been a lot of uh, uh, headlines about combat sports lately. And I want to get your two cents on that. Um, but before we get into that, we all know Mike Tyson is returning for the much-anticipated uh, exhibition match against Roy Jones Jr. Uh, what do you think, man? Are you excited for it? Yeah, I'm excited enough. I think it's a I think it's a fight that is just purely, you know, entertainment. You know, I don't think it's necessary, but I mean, nonetheless, I'm going to check it out, you know, watch it, see, you know, two head uh, two legends, you know, go to head to head, clash, all of that. Yeah, man, it's not better than watching a bunch of 50-year-olds see if they still got it, you know. It's kind of like, you know, those old men at the gym in the in the restroom talking about the good old days playing football <laughs> yeah. in college. Uh it's hilarious, but it's going to be a good fight, man. I think uh, Mike Tyson is going to bring out that killer instinct, and uh, a charity boxing match is going to turn into a bloodbath real soon. <laughs> I, I, let's hope not. Let's hope not, bro. Uh, I think most people who paying is looking for that, but, you know, that goes Prob without saying. Probably, probably. But, so, now that we got that, though, I want to I wanna get into a little more serious thing. Um, something that happened recently. Uh, in the UFC that happened. So, uh, Dan Hardy is a former UFC fighter, and he's uh, one of the best commentators in the UFC. Mm -hmm. And him and the referee, Herb Dean, one of the most respected referees uh, in the business, recently got into it over a recent fight. Uh, uh, this past fight, uh, Francisco Trinaldo versus Jay Herbert. The problem with this fight was, so Herb Dean has never really had a, uh, a, a, tra uh, a record of endangering, uh, you know, fighter safety. But what happened was Trinaldo knocked down Herbert in the third round and he stepped up. So Herbert went down and he stepped up. And, but obviously, you know, when, in the middle of a fight, you know, when things are going real fast, you don't really notice that, especially as a referee where you, you think because his arms is up. So he thinks he's defending himself. And, you know, Dan Hardy's watching the fight and he's screaming, you know, stop the fight. What is wrong with you? You know, you know, this, this fight should not continue. And uh, ultimately, the dude punched him once or twice. The Herb Dean stopped the fight. And there's been a whole thing about that, about, uh, you know, lately, uh, a lot of fighters' safety has been uh, put in danger um, with the, you know, refereeing. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's an issue? Do you think... Uh, things like that are, um, you know, are, are bad for the sport? Do you think that was just a genuine 
you know, uh, a mistake on uh, the referee's part? I think I think that it kind of it kind of goes both ways, you know. Um, it comes with the territory, you know. You're, you know, you're a fighter, combat sports. I mean, you put your life on the line anytime you step in the ring, anytime you step in the octagon. So, I mean, I don't know if you know fighters, you know, especially at that level. I don't know if like they sign you know waivers or anything like that, but you know, it's just to be expected. At the same time, you know, the referee has a tough job where you know if they stop the fight because they're looking out for the safety of the fighter, people criticize them for that because, you know, spectators, they want to see the fight continue. Like you said, you know, spectators, they want to see fighters, you know, fight to the death. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's give or take, you know, it just depends on, it's like a fight to fight basis in, in that particular situation. It really just, you know, comes with the territory. So you want to, it's like, it's like, there's like a, there's like a, you have to have like this difficult balance to reach where, you know, you, you want to take the fighters, you know, um, safety into consideration, but then you also don't want to, you know, mess up the fight. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like disrupt a good fight either. So it's kind of like, right. it's, 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 it's iffy. Yeah, man, that, that, that is the prime example of the recent, uh, the BMF fight um, between Jorge Masvidal and uh, Nate Diaz, which was, if I'm not mistaken, November of last year, where it was such an entertaining fight. Um, and you know it was it was a war zone. Uh, Mazadol was was giving Nate Diaz the hands, but the issue became uh, one of the commission doctors came in and stepped in because Nate Diaz is known for having scar tissue above his eye. But right. it was to the point where it was cut open deep. He was bleeding from above his eyebrow, so that yeah. means blood is coming to his eye. And the 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 official doctor stopped the fight. And this was huge because a lot of people were disappointed. The UFC president was disappointed. Fans were ultimately pissed about it, where to the point where they was threatening a doctor, uh, sending death threats to his uh, his wow. office. And and that's, that's become awesome. a, that's become an issue. That's uh, toxic. Some people some people say yeah he shouldn't have stopped the fight. It's bleeding. No. But at what point do we draw the line? This guy's job is to look out for the well being of the fighters. Yeah. And at the end of the day, regardless if it's combat or not, these are human beings. Yeah, so we got families just like you and me. You know what I'm saying? They want to, you know, go home, and it, it's 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 never it's never, you know, a, a good thing when a fighter doesn't make it out the ring because you know they passed away or they go to the hospital, they're in a coma that they never wake up from. Yeah, exactly. You got to protect the fighters, and and yeah. you know, good on the doctor for stopping it. Yeah, and you know. People were disappointed in that it was stopped. So, uh, so it wasn't early. It was like the beginning of the fourth round. Mm. But at what point do you look at for the safety of the fighters? You know, an another example of that, as we all know, was the last Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight where Tyson Fury was pretty much, you know, beating him up badly. Right. And uh, the corner ultimately threw the towel in, right? And that was a whole thing. Deontay Wilder was pissed. He fired his corner man. He was like... I, I, I'm coming in this ring to, you know, to be, uh, uh, if I have to die, I will, but I'm going out on my shield, which is commendable. It's commendable that, you know, uh, he feels that way. But why criticize, you know, his own coach, and not just him, but fans to criticize the coach for stopping the fight. But at what point do we stop it? You know, boxing has a, a history of fighters getting uh, killed in the ring from head trauma because the coaches are too greedy to stop the fight. It's mm -hmm. like with the, the Anthony Smith fight and Glover Teixeira a couple months ago, where 
Anthony Smith in the fifth round. I mean, just absolutely, it, it was bad. It was horrible to watch. And it's even worse with the pandemic where you can hit every punch and, and every kick, you know, broken orbital bone, missing teeth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he had a deep cut on his nose to the point where he had to get surgery. And, you know, people will rave him for the ref to stop the fight. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and he didn't because Anthony Smith wanted to keep fighting. And ultimately, uh, he ended up, uh, I think it was like the last minute of the fifth round that the judge ultimately called the fight. But people criticize the fighters for not throwing in the towel. But, yeah, you know, you know, people don't people don't know what they want. Like that's why it's like, all right, we, you know, you want the fighter to stay alive, but yet you want them to, you know, risk like life changing, you know, threatening injuries, you know, for your entertainment. Because really, you know, that's really what you know fighters are doing. They're just fighting for our entertainment. It's not like for you know they're saving mankind. Nah, it's just for entertainment. Absolutely, man. So sending Absolutely. death. Like I, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know people really do that where you're sending death threats to a referee for stopping a fight because a, a guy was had a cut that deep where he was bleeding into his eye. I mean, come on. Like, I, what are you a fan of? Like, are you like, are you a fan of, of the fighters or are you just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, UFC is really kind of like the, you know, combat sports in general, but UFC is really like the modern day, like gladiator sport where, you know, you just go in there, blood, you know, gruesome, everything like that. But it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, we've kind of elevated, you know, since then, like people don't have to die. That's what I'm, and, and, and that's the issue I'm having with a lot of the, the critics about these fights is that, you know, on one hand, yes, the fight's entertaining, you know, the BMF fight, baddest mother ever. Uh, was the, one of the most anticipated fights in the last, you know, couple years. And I get it. It was so much hype behind it. It was the first custom title for two journeymen. And, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson came out to to wrap the bell around the winner. It was a, a huge thing, sold-out crowd in Madison Square Garden. And yeah, I get it. I, no, I people, remember that. I'm yeah, sure. it was an awesome fight, man. It was a very anticipated fight. Jorge Masvidal was winning. But, you know what I'm saying? The ref's job isn't to let these these people get hurt to the point where they can't fight anymore. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to look out for their well-being. That's his job, yeah. Like, that's what he's there for. If he's not doing that, then, like, he might as well be in the crowd sitting with everybody else and join the fight if you're not going to do nothing. Exactly. So, it's it, it, people got to – there's a lot of things that got to happen. You know what I'm saying? Either, you know, you want these refs to stop the fight, refs and officials stop the fight, or you don't want them to because – you know, on one hand, they criticized, you know, the, the doctor for stopping the Nate Diaz fight. But then on the other hand, they criticized, uh, you know, Dan Hardy criticized the ref for not stopping the fight that just happened. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can't have it both ways. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's brutal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that has to be looked upon. And another example I want to give out, I know there's a lot of examples, but this one was a real big one. This happened like a month and a half ago. A 24-year-old uh, 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 fighter named Max. Um, it was uh, Max. Give me one second. His name was Max Roskoff. He was an amateur fighter, highly touted. And, you know, one of the biggest things about UFC is that if a fighter pulls out of a fight last minute, they will try to find a replacement. So a lot of times they'll give these up-and-comers the opportunity to step in the ring. 
And right. Max was highly touted. He was undefeated coming into the fight. And he was fighting a dude with, you know, some good experience. I think he was like 11 and 1 or something in the UFC. So he was an experienced guy, young guy. He was like 26, 27. Right. Um, but Max went into this fight highly touted. And a lot of people had high, high hopes for him, thought he was going to win. Second round, what ended up happening was the first round, it was a lot of people had him winning. Some people had the other guy winning. But the second round, he was getting, I mean, he had no chance. He wasn't throwing fight. He wasn't throwing punches. He was basically just getting beat on like a punching bag for the whole round. And the part that hit the heart, uh, that hit the news was during their one-minute break in between the second and third round, mm-hmm. you know, the, the corner's audio can be heard uh, of him telling his coach, I don't want to keep fighting. I, I want to I stop. And, you know, the, his coach is like, no. Uh, you know, you know, keep pushing forward, man. We know you got this, man. This is a, a good opportunity for you. And, you know, I think you, you, you just mentally right now, you, you're checking out, but, you know, just get back in there and, and fill it out and see if you can pull something together. If not, you know, we'll work something out. And he said it nine times. I don't want to go back in the ring. And, really? you know, and yeah, and you, you pretty much heard this from the corny audio the whole time. They just recorded him saying, I don't want to get back in there. And, uh, ultimately, anyway, what happened? So, like, he like they they just sent him out there anyway. Yeah, he ended up going out there. The coach wouldn't throw the towel in, and so uh, uh, what after happened he after he said, "I don't want to go back in there." Yeah, nine times he said, "I don't want to go back in there." Yeah, that's so, when you fire your coach. Yeah, it's so I'm gonna get to that in a second. So, what happened was, so the official asked him because obviously the official was in the corner hearing him say, "I don't want to continue," and he asked him do you want to continue? And he put his head down and said, no. And people ridiculed him. And people was like, you know, he, he's a wimp, you know what I'm saying? He come into the the biggest uh, organization in the world and he's going to say no. And it was, a, it was just, it, it was a moment that, that brought us back to, you know, Rob Roberto Duran. I don't know if you remember him. I don't remember him, yeah. but he was a world-class boxer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's he he was known for his last fight over I think it was like forty years ago where he was fighting Sugar Ray Leonard and he quit and he famously said no mas he doesn't want to keep fighting but he didn't get ridiculed for that you know people commended him in boxing that's actually looked upon well uh, you know for fighters to to throw in the towel or for the corner throw in the towel mm. whereas in, in MMA mixed martial arts it's looked down upon. They want you to keep going because, I, yeah, sometimes the fighter could come back and win the fight. But when you have a guy saying, no, I don't want to go back out nine times, you know, you shouldn't ridicule the guy. I think at some point, if you're getting beat like that, there's no point if you go back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's a big issue? Do you think this, that's the, a big difference between boxing and the UFC? That's a that's a huge that's a huge problem, and I mean, not to I mean I'm not obviously you know I'm not like a you know professional boxer where I I would know like that actual dynamic you know mid you know mid uh you like mid fight and everything but uh you know um in my experience from from watching fights you know most of the coaches they have their fighters best interests like. I've had fight like I've seen fighters like a Lamont Peterson and he'll just say, Oh, you know, I still want to go out there as coach at Barry Hunter. And then 
Bear Hunter was just throwing the towel for him because he's just looking out for his fighters. I've never seen that personally in boxing where a fighter will say, no, I don't want to go out. And then, like, I didn't even know, like, they're allowed to do that. Like, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because then, like, who's really in charge? Because the fighter employs the corner. You know, the, the fighter don't work for the corner. The corner works for the fighter. They're all working for him. So, to me, that's, like, kind of, like, you know, backwards, you know, like, just, just bizarre that, you know, uh, uh, a corner wouldn't really look out for their own fighters, you know, best interest. Again, like, what, what was – what's his record? Like, the, the fighter who didn't want to um, – who said he didn't want to go uh, back in the ring, like, nine times. Yeah, it's – so, you know, I'm – I was reading a report about that, and they were saying that, you know, that's a decision he's going to regret for the rest of his life, which uh, is true. He might, but. What, saying, what if, that he, saying that he didn't want to go in the ring nine times? Oh, yeah, yeah. Max said he, he told his coach, call the fight. I don't want to go in, and he said it nine times. And basically, the whole world can hear it. The, and okay. this is in the middle of pandemic, so there's no audience or anything. So pretty much all the announcers, commentators, everybody heard him heard that. say this. And, and who said it was gonna? Who's gonna? Who was supposed to regret it for the rest of their life? Oh, a lot of journalists are saying that he's gonna regret that decision but because, why? because, and and the UFC that's kind of fr- MMA. I won't even just say UFC, but MMA that's looked down upon. They would rather you go in there, you know, give it a try, and then if it's not going your way, tap and call the fight that way. Yeah, you know I'm saying yeah. that that's the hero's way of going out. But for him, and I understand that. Which is, I, I get it, but yeah. one of the biggest things about combat sports, especially when you get punched in the head, is confidence. Confidence is your number one uh, uh, a thing that gets you through a fight. If you have no confidence, no matter who you are, you could be Floyd Mayweather. If you have no confidence in that fight, yeah, you're going to go I out mean. there, you're not going to be clear-minded, and you're going to get knocked out and possibly even worse. That's so, it, it but people read, uh, uh, you know, give him a hard time, making fun of him, calling him a quitter. Uh, he wow. should give up. He should go flip burgers at McDonald's. But Who whereas, in, but where, but but whereas in boxing, that's actually that's praised. You know, when the boxers, uh, uh, I can't compete. I can't continue. Well, that it's not praised because not praised, but it's more accepted. Well, it, I mean, it is because all right. So you got a boxer named Kell Brook who. Um, so, as a matter of fact, he got his orbital bone broken on both sides. So, Triple G broke the left side or the right side, and then Errol Spence broke the left side in in, um, in 2017. And the second the second fight when he fought Errol Spence, he took a knee because he couldn't see. Like, his eye, you know, was, was that swollen. People said he quit. You know, so it's not like everybody's like, oh, you know, we're glad you're saved. Nah, there's, there is that demographic or that, you know, percentage of people that will say, oh, you know, he didn't last, you know, he quit, you know, or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I personally, I'm not, I'm not one of those, I'm not going to say that he quit because again, it would just, I like Kelbrook and it would suck just for any fighter in general to hear, Oh, they went blind because, you know, they just didn't throw in the towel when they were supposed to, because a fight for our entertainment and to put money in people's pockets isn't worth somebody's, you know, sight or, you know, health or, in you know, in grand scheme, their life, right? Their livelihood. It, to me, it's just it's just not worth it. So when people are like, he's, you know, I I'm not familiar with him, but, but but for people to say, oh, he should work at McDonald's and all that stuff, I'm like, nah. I mean, again, I didn't see the fight. 
I don't know how bad. Like, was he? Because I'm sorry if you explained this already, but did he have like bad injuries? Not like, bad injuries, but bad he was get, he he was he was I mean, he was a punching bag basically for five minutes. Uh, he had no defense. He was getting taken down. He was getting beat up. Uh, so he and he was like, gassed. And another issue was he was gassed out. And in fighting game, you know, like at, you know, in the condom and uh, uh, Mayweather fight, when you gas out. That's the last thing you want to do in the middle of a fight is gas out because yeah. you got no gas tank. You can't defend yourself properly. Okay, so, so that gives context then. So then that means so he didn't have like a super bad cut. He wasn't like no. He was just he was just getting beat. He was getting beat and he was exhausted. <laughs> well then, all right. So then, okay. So then that gives people I understand now. So that gives people a license to tell you the sport ain't for you because you went out like a b word. You know, but. I, but I, I, I understand why people are saying that now because I, you know, I'm sorry if I, you know, I didn't hear the first time, but if, if he was just getting outclassed and he just decided to give up, then that's not his corner's fault. That's your fault. I mean, if they were sending him out there anyway, that's probably because they were like, well, we trained for this. I mean, there's obviously things that you can do. Just listen to us. And then, you know, maybe you'll have a better round, but right. if he didn't want to go out there, then that's kind of on him. And right. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to say, oh, go and work at McDonald's or you should quit. But, I mean, you have to understand why people are saying that because you didn't, you didn't have an answer to anything. Right. And, and, and this is where the issue becomes is this fight was short notice. He took this fight on like five days notice. The guy so, who lost? The guy who quit. And so, for a lot of people who don't know, you have, to, you have to weight cut to make weight. So, for him, I think he had to lose like 10 pounds or something, which is – it's crazy – but on a five days notice on a professional fight, yeah, no, that's not, not a lot of preparation. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah, that's not good because so, the way that he would have to do that is kind of like drastic, you know, measures like going into like a sauna with like a sweatsuit, you know, changing your diet, you know, like, you know, because so, I mean, it, it depends. Like, you know, ten pounds is a lot, you know, for somebody who is, you know, like it's slow to lose weight. You know, boxers go through that where. You know they they don't want to fight at a certain weight class anymore because making weight is a, is an issue, right? But so, and, and, and I mean, that's the odds were stacked. The odds weren't in his favor, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Yeah, it was it was a short notice fight, and I understand. And I, this is going to tie to my next point. This was a uh, an opportunity for him to get his face out to the biggest organization possible, and yeah, people could say he choked. But the the thing is, he took this fight on short notice, f- five days, and he may wait. And and he tried the first round. He put on a, a good performance, but he gassed out, mm-hmm. and uh, he couldn't yeah. defend himself. So he didn't want to keep going. He, there was no point for him to go out there and continue when he knew it was going to just be a repeat of the second round, getting punched around for five minutes. Right. And and I I, I think that's a problem in, in in combat sports is that I understand these people are fighters. They're here to entertain the people, mm-hmm. but we have to put that well being first. If you're yeah. gassed out and you can't defend yourself and you tell someone I can't continue for nine, uh, nine times, pretty much the whole time you're sitting on the stool in between rounds, I think you shouldn't ridicule him. I think you should get him out of there, protect him and let him live to tell another story and, and fight yeah. another day. Yeah. Because, you know, in boxing, a lot of these fighters have the same issue where they go in, they're getting outclassed. And it gets to the point where they suffer life-threatening injuries. Some yeah, people well, even die. Well, usually, usually, usually when that happens in boxing or like a lot of the fights that I'm thinking of right now, 
is because like maybe, you know, their eyes swelled up so much that, you know, their sight in that one particular eye is an issue where obviously if it continues to take more damage, then, you know, it's, it's going to be a problem. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like I right. said before, it's not losing your, your eye over, you know, someone, you know, someone else's entertainment. So, I mean, but it, it might just be the way that you're, you're describing it, but it just sounds like dude was getting his ass whooped. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, it, 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 it was, really it just was, sounds like that. It doesn't sound like he was really like, you know, sustaining any injuries. It just seems it, from, from how it sounds to me, it might just be the way that I'm just taking, taking it. It just sounds like he just, you know, it, it, it just was a bad fight. Like he, he took it on five, five days notice. You said five days notice. Yeah. That is years. So then you just can't like, honestly, even worse. So there was a heavyweight fight in boxing and he was, there was a guy, random guy who was supposed to be fighting F.A. Ajagba, who was an upcoming, you know, heavyweight. He's like 12, 13 and up. The guy. So F.A. is in the ring waiting for the guy to come in. Or, or no, no, no. So the, the challenger was in the ring. F.A. walked in. He walked out of the ring and left. I heard, I heard about yeah. that. That was it. <laughs> and left. Okay. Yeah. So you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know why he did that. I, I never looked it up. So it's kind of sort of the same thing, but at least the dude that you, the dude that you're talking about, at least they fought. Yeah. He tried. He fought. You know what I'm saying? So I, he just got out class. It just, he knew what it was. I mean, at least finish it. But again, if, if you're right, if, if he felt like, all right, you know what? Like, I just don't feel healthy. This isn't good for me. Then like, yeah, like, you know, just, just, Right, right. Going to towel for him if 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 need be. Yeah, and his coach. And you're right; he shouldn't be ridiculed for. But like I said, that's just the society that we live in. He's getting ridiculed by people who've never been in the ring before. They never put gloves on. They're not athletes. They don't do anything. It's those kinds of people that are the ones that are doing that. So. Exactly, and you know, his coach came out and did an interview because his coach was criticized for not throwing in the towel. And one of the things, and I kind of agree with him when he said this, was saying that a lot of people don't know this guy behind the scenes. They don't know what it's like to train with him. And some people need that push, that mental push to keep going. Some For people sure. just have that championship driving them to, I'm going to come back no matter how much I'm getting beaten when. We see that time and time again. Cowboy Cerrone is a prime example of someone that sometimes getting beat. He's a start slaughter, uh, 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 a slow starter. And, uh, you know, sometimes in the first round, he's getting jacked up. But he comes back and wins in the second and third round. So it happens. But his coach said, look, I know Max. Sometimes he he needs that extra push to to motivate him. So, yes, I can see why some people would say, all right, he said it nine times. Get him out of there. There's no reason to keep him in there. But, you know, I know him personally as a coach, as a a father figure. I know that sometimes I have to mentally push him. And so I had to make sure that he – you know, I had to give him that that motivation to keep going. So what round was it? This was in between the second and third round. So it was basically right before the last round this happened. And and he said, Look, you want to get hurt. Yeah, his his guy didn't want to get hurt, but he also knows that this guy is one of those people that, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta give him a, a, a kick in the butt to to keep moving. Some people yeah. like that. They just need that that constant push right. to right. keep working. Um and, you know, some I, I agree with him on that, but I think ultimately that's the issue in, in, in the MMA world is that people are encouraged to keep fighting no matter how much, how tired they feel, how uh, how much damage they're taking. Uh, it's, it's not encouraged to quit. 
And I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying people should just be outright, all right, this thing's not going my way, so I should quit. But mm-hmm. someone is not intelligibly defending themselves and they just don't have that, they don't have that mind to go back out there and get punched around in the face for five minutes. Right. They shouldn't be ridiculous for it, especially if they're taking fights on short notice. I don't care who you are. Unless you've done it before, you can't you can't I criticize someone that. for doing that. Yeah, um, but you know, it's it, it you know, enough with that one. I do want to get into boxing because I know you're a boxing fan. Right. So I, I want to get your opinion on this. So mm-hmm. last week there was a boxing match uh with two women. Uh, Miranda Atkins and Sinesta Estrada. Uh, and this was a, a, a Golden Boy promotion fight. And so th- this fight was in California. And, uh, you know, Sinesta Estrada was a, is a professional boxer. She's fought on the main stage uh, plenty of times. I think her record was somewhere around, uh, you know, uh, 18 and 0. And then Miranda was just a new fighter, a new professional fighter. Her record was 5-0, and which mm. is fine. I mean, yeah, it, that's an undefeated record. But she just came off the local market. You know what I'm saying? She's not coming off of uh, five mm. major wins in, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of the biggest organizations. And that fight was just absolutely terrible. A lot of people, even the UFC president, criticized that fight because – why would you put someone with that little experience with a professional killer like that who has 18 uh, wins and no defeats who's actually been fighting professionally for years? So she goes in the match on short notice and she took it. Obviously, you know, it's a it's an opportunity. She's like Max. They called her, gave her the opportunity. And I understand that. But that was a mixed match. She was knocked down 15 seconds. And yeah. the knockout, it wasn't just like a punch and she went down and couldn't get up. This was like, you know, the paramedics had to come in, in the ring and, and, and God forbid, you know, yeah. luckily she survived, but that, that blow could have, you know, put her, you know, in the dirt. What do you think about that? I, I know a lot of the times in, in boxing, that's, uh, they're criticized for putting tomato cans or, you know, putting people with less experience with experienced fighters to pad their record. What do you think about that? Well, the blame goes, you know, three, you know, multiple ways. So one, I get like, all right, these are minors. Then like, obviously it's like solely on like that fighter's handlers, but these fighters, they sign contracts, you know, and they pretty much kind of know what it is when they sign up for these things. However, the manager and the trainer, especially the trainer because the, the trainer is the one who's in there like in the gym they know the skill level they know where the boxer is at you know so on and so forth so they're also like double to blame for that because you knew the skill level wasn't up there but yet you know what i'm saying that's, that's like throwing like a little puppy in there with like a freaking pit bull and then the pit bull is just gonna you know attack mode and you know obviously you said she just got knocked out you know just immediately so it's, it's really on all sides. I mean, that fighter should have the common sense, like, you know what, look, I'm not ready for this. Maybe she got pressured into it. Or maybe she just wanted, you know, to take the risk. Like, you know what, you never know. Just like how that fighter that knocked her out had that puncher's chance, she probably felt, you know, the same exact way. You know, who knows? Me personally, I, I think that 
you know, she all parties involved knew that it was a Scorpio when Scorpion when when they picked it up. So they should have just, you know, what I'm saying collective common sense could have prevented something like that. Right. But in boxing, combat sports, people are, you know, looking for the money, you know, looking for that next fighter to, you know, what I'm saying build up and all of that. So they're not looking at, all right, this is the fighter safety. They're looking at, you know, all right, here's this, this, this is another fight. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That, 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 that connection, that connection, that rapport or, you know, relationship, if you will, isn't there. And then that's why you have, you know, situations like that, which can, can go south, unfortunately. You know, and you make a good point, man. And, 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 you know, when I, when I present these arguments, I always come with two sides. So, as I, I do agree, the, the, she chose to take this fight. But this is one of those instances where almost everybody agrees that although she took the fight, the person to blame, and I won't even say person, the people to blame is the California Athletic Commission because this fight should not have happened. Yes, she took the fight, one, because this was a huge opportunity to get a face out there on TV because obviously most people would do anything to get that opportunity. And once you get that opportunity, you're going to take it. Mm. And that's fine. But I think the, the commission should have really looked at this fight and said, yeah, she's eager to fight, but this is not the fight that should happen. This is just an outclass boxing. Like this should not happen. You're putting a train killer with someone who, who's just starting. And that's like, you know, fences. You're, you're a fan of John Jones. I'm a fan of John Jones. Imagine, John Jones, who's only fought championship fights, he's never fought anything less than that. Five minute uh, championship fights. Imagine putting him against uh, a local competitor who who you know who took the fight on five days' notice or something. Mm-hmm. That that's dangerous for so many reasons. Why would you put? Yes, the the dude is eager to fight John Jones. He's a mm-hmm. huge household name, undefeated, right. and you know you know what I'm saying uh, the the greatest of all time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just because he's eager to fight John Jones. Don't mean he should be in the ring with John Jones. That, that I mean, that you're really, really asking for a major life injury and yeah. possibly death because we all know John Jones is a ruthless individual. Yeah. So, and even if it wasn't John Jones, let's, let's say it was boxing. Yes, imagine doing that to, you know, imagine putting uh, a local competitor against Deontay Wilder, who's only had, 41 knockouts, and now he, you know, he took the loss. But he was 41 and zero, and all of them were knockouts. Yeah. Imagine putting him against someone who just came out the local scene and only well, had a f- five fights. Well, this is this is the thing because the 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 California um, State Athletic Commission they're not they're you know they're they're just not responsible for that because what I know that they oversee is like. Well, I mean, really, promoter probably do that, but they they like sanction the fight, so they're they're the ones who like oversee like gloves, you know, drug testing, um, you know. Prop, I I I feel like the promoter does that, but I want to say like the venue, you know, maybe like they kind of handle like certain you know specific things. So I don't think that you know they really look at you know the records of the fighter and kind of notice and imbalance and say, hey, you know, we're gonna you know not not do that. You know what I'm saying? That's not what they're for. Because it's really like the manager. You know what I'm saying? Like the man, like, like let's say like a Don King. Like he's the one who, because you say, you have a lot of fighters who say, oh, well, you know, I don't pick my opponents. You know, I let my managers do that. You, you may have heard that before. Like a yeah, 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 yeah. That's why. Because they're the ones, because right, their managers are the ones who 
you know, pick opponents that'll make their fighter look good. You know, so they're the ones who are looking at it like that. So if let's say I get a phone call and they say, oh, Deontay Wilder wants to, you know, fight you at, you know, Staples Center out in L.A. on such and such date, the, the commission is really not really involved with that. That's pretty much like a management promoter network. Right. Pretty, pretty much. Like, and the network's not even really involved in that. So it's really like just the promoter and the manager because they're the ones who are, you know, drawing up the contracts and the specifics and all of that commission gets involved, you know, with gloves, you know, water, you know what I'm saying? Like water, making sure that the water is not like I'm drinking the same water that he's drinking, you know, drug testing, you know, Vada, USADA, all that stuff. So that's what they do. So that's why it's like, you got, you got to, got to put the blame all on the management because they don't care about their fighters. You know, right. you have, cause that's why like, let's say like an Al Heyman, have you ever heard of Al Heyman before? He's Floyd Mayweather's manager. Um, Manny Pacquiao's manager now, um, I not not Canelo, but you know I'm talking about Deontay Wilder, like yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, fighters. yeah. And they give him a lot of credit because he, from what they say, he cares about his fighters. So he's not gonna, you know, feed his fighter to like some guy that he knows is gonna, you know what I'm saying? Because then who is he really working for? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I really working for that particular fighter if I'm feeding him? To, to this guy, because again, if you're 0-1, if you're 2-0, you're not going to, it's common sense to not want to fight somebody who's 13-0 or 13-4 because he's just got more experience than, than you do. Clearly, right. like it's just, it's, it's common sense. So the fact that that happened to her and that happens in general is really like negligence. And some of these fighters, they kind of have that understanding, like, you know what, I'm not, you know, my goal in life is, it's true. They like my goal in life is not to be a championship boxer. I'm not gonna be that. I'm just here to you know get fights and make money whenever I can make money. So if it means getting my ass whooped to get this four figure check, you know whatever it it is like that. I mean in UFC, I'm pretty sure the come up there's just journeymen who are not gonna be you know those top guys. Right. So yeah, but here's the thing. So you know I I was just reading an article and uh, the California State Athletic Commissioner Executive Officer Andy Forrester came out after the fact and said, I shouldn't have approved the fight. I'll take full responsibility for it. So that, and I'm not saying he's the, he's the sole uh, person to blame. Her, her management is to blame. Uh, Golden Boy Promotions is to blame. They are to blame because that is a gross mismatch. You shouldn't have someone with such ex experience and skill fighting someone who's just starting out. I mean, this is not LeBron fighting a local basketball uh, uh, you know, player at a, a local park. You know what I'm saying? He could get his ankle crossed and, you know, it is what it is. It's not a, right. a physical sport. You're, we're, talking, we're, we're playing a game of putting someone's lives at stake. That fight shouldn't have been approved at all. It's, it's dangerous. It's ne ne negligent, and it was downright dangerous. And I'm and thank God she survived. But imagine if that would have went worse. See, I mean, my only rationale, aside from the aforementioned, which is basically they just know that you know they're just there to get their ass whooped and just collect the check, is if again like the only rationale I could think of is if you and your trainer like watch tape on this fighter and then like y'all two think that you just have the answer. Like you got this guy all figured out. So like you're going in there thoroughly prepared. So it's not like a shit show when you right. get in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the only way is if you're 
prepared. Like you're like, you know, I, I got I sussed his number. We know what to do. We got a game plan. We got a game plan in place. We got we got adjustments ready for this guy. Let's go. And obviously that rarely ever happens. So you got a guy who's never had a fight before, probably, you know, three oh and three, one and three, beating a guy who's, you know, twelve and you know what I'm saying, twelve and two. Right. You're not gonna get that. So that's the only rationale, which again is next to next to never. But and that's a good point, and I, I completely agree with that. But I would counter argue and say this, right? I love John Jones. I watch his fights. I study him. He's the reason why I started getting involved in Kim Boxing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll break down his fights. Let's say, uh, you know, I'm actually interested in competing, right? So I go on the lo- local market, a mass record of 6-0, and all, right? Now I feel like, oh, I've been watching John Jones all my life. I could take this dude, right? Just mm-hmm. because I feel like I know – what he does, no. and I, I could defend him. No, I can't no. just because I feel that way, don't mean I should get approved to fight him. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? See, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's absolutely unrealistic because how many people, millions of people watch Floyd Mayweather videos every day? That doesn't mean you know you can get in there with him. What I, what I really mean by that is kind of like somebody who's you know amateur or like early pro, like on your level. So let's say I'm I've never had a pro fight before, I'm fighting somebody who's four and no. The only reason why I would go in there with somebody like that is if, again, this person, it was a good style matchup for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you do your due diligence because that's what I assume good coaches do. They watch tape on the guy. They, you know, they do the research so that way they're not going in there blind and they don't know. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to right. know the ins and outs of your fighter. So it's like, okay, I know he's a swarmer. I know he's an outboxer. I know he's a boxer puncher, so on and so forth this is how we're going to prepare for his particular style, his weak points. What, what is he, you know what I'm saying? Like what right. is his strength and his weaknesses? These are the things that you account for. Yeah. You can never go in on a, you know, a freaking John Jones and, and assume that because you're doing that to him. He's doing that to you. So there's no really preparing for that because he's John Jones. He's Floyd Mayweather. He's, you know, basketball players do that where they watch tape on the other team. Right. So, you know, you, so, so you get what I'm saying now. Like, No, no, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I, and, and I was really saying that for the people who, who oh, probably yeah, yeah. feel that because she chose the fight, she should have fight. But this is not like basketball or, or baseball where you can it's, – it's not – your health is not at, at stake. You know what I'm saying? If you, you want to go play LeBron for four hours, go ahead. By all means, if you yeah, want to yeah. get you beat. You don't play boxing. You don't play UFC. You don't play MMA. Like That's this, what I'm saying. This, this is a real-life sport, and that's the issue I have with – boxing is just the biggest culprit. UFC uh, it doesn't really happen, but on the MMA circuit, it happens a lot. Where it's just culprit. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? You know, someone is a high prospect on the indie market, and, you know, oh, you know what? His skills look good. And he feels like he could take on the world. But just because you feel like you could take on the world don't mean nothing. And, and the issue with this fight was that this was just a, a, a mismatch altogether. Yeah, yeah. The, the girl was 5-0. and oh, But we're talking about a local competitor. She's fighting other people with the same record, maybe have a few more wins. But mm-hmm. they aren't pro UFC fighters. They aren't pro boxers like Floyd Mayweather. So to have someone who had a couple fights at the bingo hall to jump on TV and fight the most dangerous person in, in the weight division. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean to joke like that, but it's true. They fight at bingo halls, like 25 people. You know what I'm saying? Both people have been fighting for like two years. You know what I'm saying? 
how you going to jump in the ring with Floyd Mayweather? You know what I'm saying? Or in this case, how you going to fight a girl? Go. <laughs> the bingo halls. <laughs> bingo. No. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> yo, why you? Why you? Come on, man. Why you? Why you? Oh my god. Nah, yo. <laughs> nah, it's, it's yeah. I'm a comedian. It's what I do, man. That's uh, bingo hall, bro. <laughs> and, uh, Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm really just imagining that, like somebody really putting up a fight <laughs> at a bingo. Hey, man, you you gotta you gotta earn that record somehow. You know what I'm saying? A school, I get that. A, but a school a cafeteria, bro. Nah, but, I never heard that before. You know, I, I was joking. You know, I, I was it was you know a joke, but it's it's serious. You know what I'm saying? You you going from yeah. fighting people with the same experience as you to fighting a, a professional fighter. You know what I'm saying? That's just it shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't happen. And like they say in boxing. Yeah. Protect yourself at all times. Well, let's protect the fighters at all times. You know what I'm saying? Or they get to the ring. Like exactly, like that. that fight should not have been approved whatsoever. But and but it, but it, but it's like I was saying that you know there's just certain because honestly, when Patrick Day passed away um, last year, you know, unfortunately, I don't even they don't even have insurance for fighters. Like they don't. Yeah. Nothing in place for fighters like. In in the event of like a like a fatality happens in the ring, there's no there's nothing in place for that. Like which is I didn't know that until like I watched you know a couple of videos about that. It's unfortunate, like because they don't they're not like they don't take these things in, into consideration. Now I get it, you know once you're a fighter of a certain level caliber, you're gonna have the funds to kind of like take care of that yourself. But when you're a young fighter on the come up where you're, this is your livelihood. Like, this is how you make money. This is how you pay your bills. And like your whole life, like your whole life is riding on these fights in your career. It's not really in your favor. And that's why, you know, when you're a boxer, especially like you don't have like an Olympic pedigree, you don't go to the Olympics and you're just somebody that like you were training in the gym, you got a trainer and then like you're taking fight to fight. It's right. not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a grind and it's like politics. It's not it's not easy because a lot of the, the biggest fighters that like like I said, Floyd, he had an Olympic background. You know, not everybody has that. Where it's like, let's say if you're an NBA player, you know, you, you go to that right school, you do the, you know, McDonald's All-Star, you know, all those different things that most of these players do to get to the NBA, to get to the draft. Right. You don't have that, like your journey is like gonna be like a lot, you know, harder. Like I know a guy, you know, named Mike Coffee. Great fighter, but as far as I know, I don't. He didn't go to the. He didn't go to the Olympics. He's actually. Um, he's actually. Uh, he was uh, Deontay Wilder's uh, sparring partner for a few camps. So he went down to Alabama with him to to train, and you know. But that's what I'm saying. He's on the come up. But he's like, what is he? Is he 12 and 0 right now? He's a heavyweight. Oh wow! So every time, yeah. So every time um, Wilder has a training camp, he's one of um, the sparring partners that you know he he, he you know goes down to train and spar with him, so. Man, good for him. I'm sure he's getting a nice little uh, experience and a little bit of, you know, a little De Niro, a little moolah. Right. Um, well, let's say if he was here, he would probably tell you, like, let's say if we asked him, you know, I don't think that's part of it where there's, like, emergency funds or something like that that are just, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we have a job, and then that particular job, like, in the event of, like, a like a – in job accident, like let's say something happens to you while you're on the job, they have like a hundred thousand dollars allotted, you know, like in insurance. Yeah, they don't have that because you know freaking commissions, they don't care. Promoters, they don't care. They they just want you know butts in the seats. Yeah, 
And so that's you actually bring up a good point, and that's been a, a big thing, especially in the UFC, because boxing usually, on average, uh, the same amateur fighters or you know professional fighters in the same ranking. Boxing will probably get paid more than UFC. Uh, but one thing that UFC has been criticized for is one, uh, fighters only get about eighteen percent of the revenue, and whereas in uh, I believe boxing is more towards like forty percent. And then yeah. health insurance. Uh, I know, like UFC will cover uh, fighters, uh, you know, health insurance for a year up from the fight. So let's say uh, John Jones for tomorrow, and he mm-hmm. he needs surgery for his leg. They will cover that, but a year after that is up to you to pay for it. And so while that's a, I I love that idea. I think because it's only a year, and they only get such a small percentage of the revenue, that if you're not going to cover their insurance. That I think you should pay him more. And they're seeing right. fighters like John Jones, Jorge Masvidal up until he took the fight. Conor, uh, not really so much Conor McGregor, but, you know, a couple of the fighters speaking out against, uh, you know, disparity and in, in pay. And that a lot of fighters don't feel like they should, they're getting paid as much. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. you know, that's a, that's an issue. Damage. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, that that's a topic uh, I'm not too well versed in, so I won't get into that. But I do, I do want to get your opinion on this, uh, refereeing and judging. So the UFC, especially right now for the last year, hmm. has been seeing an uptick in bad refereeing. Uh, fighters who clearly won fights are losing, uh, losing decisions, and there's this mentality in UFC where they, the they always say. Do not leave the fight up to the judges because if it goes to the decision, you may not like how it goes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big problem, um, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in places like Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, where the judging is just absolutely bad. Fighters who clearly win the fights are, are losing these fights because these commissions, uh, these officials aren't paying attention uh, you know, I remember there was a fight earlier this year where one of the, I think it was Joe Rogan who spoke about this, where one of the referees, uh, not referees, one of the uh, uh, people watching the fight is on his phone, not paying attention, looking around the arena, not watching the fight while it's actually happening. And so even if you look away for five seconds, there's a lot can happen in UFC in five seconds. Yeah. Jorge, Jorge Masvidal knocked out. Uh, been asking in five seconds. So, what do you think about that? Do you think referees should be uh, should be held, uh, you know, held to more accountable uh, 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 punishments because they don't get in trouble for bad refereeing. So when you have referees who just doing whatever they want, not paying attention to the fights, and they're scoring these fights wrong, do you think they should be fined? Do you think they should get their license revoked? What do you think? All right, all right. So you mean. So you mean like the like the judges or the referee? Not I always say referee judges. Yeah. Well, it it really it really just boils down to you know um, what that particular judge is seeing. You know what I'm saying? If you know in boxing, there's multiple ways of scoring a fight. You know, there's 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 criteria through which there's a common criteria which people should score a fight: ring generalship, punches landed. You know punch percentage, you know, et cetera, all that stuff. However, people just have their own individual ways of, of doing so. And 
you know, it, it is what it is. Like you said, you know, if, if you're the champ and I'm coming to your hometown, you know, to, to fight you, I'm not leaving it to the, it, it's, it's wise to not leave it to the judges, especially, like I said, if you're, you're popular, this is your hometown. Of course, you know, the judges, if like, let's say they're, they're native to that particular city, they're going to go for you. So the best thing that you can do, I mean, like I said, you're a fighter. I mean, one, like one of my, well, he's not my favorite fighter, but you know, Tony Harrison, he says like, Hey, you have, you have 12 rounds to control your fate. So it, the same thing will go for a UFC match. So you have five rounds, three rounds, whatever to, control your own fate so it's really in your hands people could say it's in the judge's hands which is true but you are in the ring they're not there they're just scoring what they are seeing you do so it's like half and half it's on the fighter but then it's also on the judges how they see it again it's like i can watch a boxing match and I can score it and you can score it and we might come up with two different things same thing in, in ufc it, it's right. just you know different different variables to which we you know judge a fight so that's why it's like you know judges they do you know get a a bad rap and it's not it's not unwarranted like i get it because there are some times where you know like tony harrison beat jamel charlo i think with december 2009 december 2000 no december 2018 and i mean i didn't have it i didn't have tony harrison winning in fact i had that fight a draw you know, and it's not like he came and it was dominant. It was like a chess match. So it was, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So there's some rounds. It could have gone either way. You know what I'm saying? The way that I scored it, it was really even. So it should have been a draw because he didn't go in there. He didn't look dominant. He didn't knock him out. You know, the, the scorecards were that close. But again, the thing with the thing with Tony Harrison and anybody that really knows boxing would know that this guy is such a skillful boxer that like, he can box you, and then, like, you'll think that you're winning, but in reality, like, he just has this, this thorough understanding of scoring as to where, like, he'll win every single round. And he almost beat Jamel again in the rematch. That was a perfect example of not leaving that fight up to the judges because the same thing was happening again. He had to put his foot on the gas and then go for him, and he ended up knocking him out because, like I said, judges is just like a you know, independent, uncontrolled variable. Like, you just can't. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so let me ask you. I know a lot of uh, fighters are advocating this. Max Holloway, uh, Jorge Masvidal, and quite a few others are lobbying for this. Do you think open scoring is, uh, is uh, something that needs to be done in the near future? Meaning after every round, uh, the judges show the scorecards? Because what do you think? You know what? That I've I've heard that before. I've heard that, and then I've also heard like if let's say a fight is super close, that because do 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 you guys in UFC do you guys have like three three judges or how many? It's like three, right? It's three of yeah, right. So I've heard that like it wouldn't be a bad thing to have a fourth judge. So there are alternatives just to curb the controversy because no one, no one wants to like, no one likes draws. You know what I'm saying? Like most people want like a decisive winner. So it wouldn't be a bad thing for them to like show the score at the same time. I think it would like for, for UFC, I think it would be a little bit more beneficial than for boxing. Cause I think in boxing people would focus on the score too much. You see what I'm saying? So, like, right. let's say if, let's say if every, for every round, they're like, so Floyd Mayweather, 
won the round, right? It it would kind of just take away from it a little bit because then it'd be like point based, which it is, but it's like covert, like it's inconspicuous because when you watch boxing, there's no numbers on the screen unless you see unofficial scoreboard, like you know, saying we talked about before. Right. If let's say every time you it's not necessary. Let's say if every time you watch boxing and you're just seeing numbers like constantly go up, you're going to be focusing. You can't focus on the numbers. You got to focus on what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's the, the it's it's going to take the crowd out of it because when the fight is over, there's like that suspense because you don't know how the judges scored it. So once they're like in the new or in still, you know, or the judges had it scored 117 to 107 in favor of this person, this fighter, you know what I'm saying? Like, so in UFC, because I think it, it's a little, I don't want to say cut and dry, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's a little bit more black and white, whereas boxing in terms of scoring, it's a little bit more um, like there's like gray area and there's room for interpretation. Because like I said, there's different ways of, you know, scoring a fight. So, you know, it it really, it really just depends, you know, but I, I, like I said, for UFC, it would it would it would be beneficial for boxing. It would just be detrimental because it's just it would just be a distraction to the fighters. Because I like the thing is, if I'm a, if I'm a fighter, I don't want to know. Like I think I already know. I don't need them to like announce it because you know if you really won the round or not. So but, I don't. I wouldn't want them to tell me that. Like oh okay, because then it's just you know what I'm saying. Like boxers, they know. Like you know whether you won or lost in UFC. You know whether you won or or, or lost the lost the round. So that's like for them to know and for us, the spectators, to find out once the fight is over. I think people should be more focused on the fight itself to enjoy it, score it, whatever, do do with what you will. And then we find out what the score is once it's finished. But UFC, I think it's I think it's a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point that you mentioned. I think uh, a lot of fighters do, uh, I, I, for the most part, know when they're winning around and stuff. But that is the issue with the refereeing that we're facing is that you know, a lot of fighters feel like they have won those rounds. You know, they 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 take them down. Uh, you know, they outland them, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, they lose the fight. It's like, how I was winning like these last three rounds. How how did I lose? You know, I should be three to two, so I, I win. That's the issue that a lot of uh, fighters are facing. Max Holloway is a uh, you know spoke about this. He just fought um, um, Volkanovski again for the uh, second time. Mm-hmm. Max Holloway, almost everybody thought he was winning that fight. Right. But for some reason, he ended up losing the fight. He should be the champion right now. And you've seen it, John Jones. I love John Jones, but a lot of people think Dominic Reyes pretty much won that fight. So mm-hmm. I, I think the open scoring and a lot, of re- a lot of reasons why a lot of fighters are advocating this, especially in the UFC, is because let's say you're fighting a three-round fight, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're winning. But then you lose the fight. You rather know, at least you have more awareness. Oh, okay. So after first round, you're sitting down drinking water in between rounds, and they say, "Hey, uh, you're down this round. We gave it to this guy, right?" At mm-hmm. least you know. Okay, either I got to step up the gas pedal, or I have to, you know, increase my output. See. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a solid response to that. Your corner will tell you 
they'll tell you because when you when you go back to your corner so when the round is over you go back to your corner your corner so let's say you should already know but let's say if what i know and they know two completely different things they should be telling me that so when i go back to my corner they should be seeing things differently because like i said when you're when you're fighting like you're, you're in there you're not obviously watching it in the third person so you can only be as like aware you know like to, to a certain extent because you're just you're the one involved when people are watching it they're seeing it from a completely different angle. So when you're, you go back to your corner, they should be the one to tell you whether you won the round or not. Like, all right, keep doing what you're doing. Da, 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 da. Oh, you're not doing this well. Do this, do this, do that. Make an adjustment, blah, blah, blah. So you really, so fighters have that in their corner because they're going to tell you. Like, I've seen it. I'm pretty sure you've seen it where in UFC, because I don't know how, how close that they get, but like, let's say like PBC, Showtime, they'll do this thing where when the, fighters go to the corner they'll like have the camera right there and yeah they do that yeah yeah so it's, it's the same thing so we do get that you know what i'm saying but it just comes in it's not numerical it's we hear it verbally from from them so whenever it is that they you know whenever the moment is where they want us to like we have that access and we can hear what they're saying that's what we have you know right really from from the people who are involved from the horse's mouth so not only does the fighter should have that feeling already but the corner has it we have access to it because we get to see both corners and we'll get that 15, 20 seconds of, you know, whatever it is that they're saying to them before they go back out again. So, I mean, we really do kind of have that. I didn't think about that until now. Yeah. It, uh, this suggestion is not mostly for me or for the fans. I think it's more for the fighters who are advocating for it. And oh, so while, fighters are actually advocating for Yeah. This. A lot of fighters are, UFC. Uh, yeah, are advocating for open scoring because like you said, that's a that's a good point. And the reason why I'm using a Max Holloway and a Volkanovski fight is because it's just fresh in a lot of people's not uh, minds, and it's the latest mm-hmm. example of it. Where, Pitt, you know, Max Holloway corner said, "Yo, you you're winning this fight. Let's keep let's keep doing what we're doing. You got right. this. You only got a couple more rounds, and we got this home victory. And yeah. every round, you got this, man. You taking a part. You may you may you may have lost this round." But you're up three rounds to uh, you know, right. two or three rounds to one, mm-hmm. and then you lose the fight. So it, it's to the point yeah. where it's like that because. But the thing is, I feel like it. I'm not sure because obviously we don't get to you know hear the corner 100 percent like the communication between them and the fighter. But I'd I'd be surprised if it was really that off where like every time you're going back to the corner, they're like, yeah, you're you're winning, yeah, 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 and then like the fight is over and then y'all lost. I'm not sure if there's ever been that kind of scenario, but the question that I actually would ask, you know, UFC fighters like, well, how would that make you fight harder? If you know that if the, if the score is there, you know what I'm saying? Like if you, if they announce the score, would it make you fight harder? Like, cause to me, I, in my opinion, it wouldn't be a bad thing at all. But what I'm saying is I'm like, it really shouldn't be for the fighters. It, I, it, because to me, that's like, it's sort of cosmetic in a way. Like, you need them right. to take the score for you to fight harder? No, it's not It's not so much about fighting harder. It's the fact that you're seeing a lot of robberies that shouldn't be happening. You're seeing a lot of bad judging that just frankly is is just is assassinating. It's, so the biggest argument for them is that, okay, for instance, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a prime example, I, I hate using it again, but Max Holloway, and that, that fight is a prime example of everybody thought he won that fight. His corner thought it. Um, and there's been times where you'll see it on a, a, um, uh, a couple fights where you'll see the fighter 
you know, look down like, yeah, I know the lost this fight. And then they say he won the fight. And you mm-hmm. could see the change in his face like, what? I won? I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, contest it. But I didn't think I won this fight. So you're seeing time and time again, especially lately in certain districts like yeah. Florida and Nevada, where it's just happening too often. So a lot of fighters would be, they would rather know, okay, first round, he got this round. I thought I won it, but all right, he got it. All right, so we got two rounds. Let's pick up the pace. Let, let's change our game tactic. Right. So a, a lot of fighters think that that would be more beneficial because it's not so much yeah. – um, I get it. It's not so much cosmetic, but at least let you yeah, know. Okay. I, but you see where I was going with that, like just because I feel like, all right, so either way, they're just telling you the number now. So now that they're telling you what they're scoring. I mean, because the thing is, I'm like, all right, so now I know. So how does that influence, you know? Yeah, it, it just. It, what I do from round to round, because I feel like it shouldn't matter because what should matter is your game plan and like how well you're executing it in like in comparison to like what you know your opponent is doing that's just what that's just what i think because again i still think it's a good idea you know there's nothing wrong with it you know what i mean like because obviously because you're more familiar with the sport than i am like this is just like you know what i mean my you know perspective in terms of like boxing and i'm kind of like applying it to you know ufc in a way so I, like i said yeah if, if a lot of fighters are, are calling for it i don't see why not you know, because, you know, UFC is like a, has a linear chain of command. So I don't think that they'd be going through too much to do that, you know. Right. Right. It, it's I mean, it's a there's I mean, a lot of work I, to I be done. Could do that. I think if they, they could do that like that. Like this is, you know, just taking two seconds just to, you know, what I mean, like that would really take like 10 seconds to say judge one has it this judge two has it that, you know, what I'm saying just three has it. And then, you know, yeah, yeah that's that's minor. You know, I mean, it'd be a big change, but you see what I'm saying? Like, it should be minor for those in charge to implement that. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, this would be my, my last question for you, but what do you think? Uh, because a lot of fighters, uh, you know, a lot of commentators kind of suggest this as well, uh, mostly because a lot of uh, former fighters have a better understanding of the game. So, like, when you watch, like, for me, I, I spend more time watching UFC than I do boxing. So, like, in UFC, mm-hmm. when you have someone like uh, Dan Hardy, who's really good um, who's really good at commentating, but he's a former fighter, so he's, he's able to understand a submission hole better. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's able to break down a fight sequence better for the audience to understand. Right. Do you think there should be more uh, former fighters as, as uh, judges? Because someone like Herb Dean is a former professional fighter. Yeah, he wasn't John Jones, but he fought professionally, so he understands what it's like to get in the ring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Lose a fight or, you know, lose a couple rounds yeah. and, and dig deep and win, and come back and win the fight. Do you think having yeah. former fighters uh, – not, I'm not saying all the, you know, former fighters should replace all referee uh, judges. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But do you think that's, that would benefit uh, sports better, even in boxing, having, you know, former players as – uh, as judges? You know, that's not a bad idea. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I don't know, like, what you have to go through or, like, what kind of background or credentials you need to have in order to be a boxing judge, to be, you know, a, combo- a combat uh, sports judge. I, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, like, do you know that? Because I, I could tell. 
I can tell you right now, you can become a UFC judge if you want to. All you got to do is, uh, I was reading about it. I can't remember exactly all the steps in my head, but I do know that they, they, you know, they, you know, you have to meet with a couple different people, mm-hmm. uh, pass a test. But right. basically, you don't have to have fight experience to become a judge. So as long as you you can watch a fight and give your honest opinion about it, you know you can become a judge. And that's the problem. You have a lot of unqualified judges yeah, or people who, who's never been in the ring or problematic. The, or the octagon. Yeah, and they don't know what it's like, so they don't know what to look for. What kind of yeah, you yeah. know? And that's why I guess that's how you end up getting you know robberies and things like that because. Again, people, some people, they don't know how to properly score a, a boxing match. You know, exactly. like you need, you need to know, like, there's like a list. There's like a list of like, I see like six, like five to like six, seven, you know, maybe seven things that you need to look at. Now, subconsciously, like, I know these things. So, like, I know what to look at. Like, I probably don't even blink much because you have to look at everything. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's cool. The only thing that I'd be afraid of with like, um, uh, let's say... Um, former fighters is if as long as they don't have like a biased opinion and they're just because this is why they probably have random people because they're probably not emotionally involved so i guess like that's like the, the pro and con i guess you know i'm not 100 sure but as long as like let's say if you know mike tyson doesn't like you know this certain fighter so then he's just gonna you know what i mean like lean it to to, to this guy because i wouldn't put it past certain people to do something like that because not all boxers like each other, you know what I'm saying? Especially um, fighters of the, um, like the older generation, like Roy Jones Jr., Evander Holyfield, Bernard Hopkins, Zab Judah, all them guys. Like, you you don't know Errol Spence, but Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia last year, all them guys had Mikey Garcia winning because they thought that Mikey Garcia was like the most intelligent fighter. You know, he's this, he's this, he's that. And then like, so let's say if they judged that fight, they probably would have, you know, would have been a robbery because they, you know, because clearly, you know, they're all black. Errol Spence is black, but they were pulling for the Mexican guy. You know right. what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. that's why I feel like maybe one, like maybe one, you know, like per, you know what I'm saying? Maybe one to two, but there has to be, because that's why they have judges from different regions. So they have one from New York, have one from Florida, you know what I'm saying? One from, you know, different areas. So that way they're not from that hometown. So right. you got fighter that's from Philly, you're not going to get Philly judges. They're going to get, you know, random people because they're not biased. So you don't want, you know, bias. You want to make sure that it's not biased whatsoever. So that's why I would say like one, and then you have just the two judges already. Cause I, I, I mean, obviously people argue with, you know, judge scoring all the time, but I mean, it's been, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Cause it's been going on for how long now, you know, boxing has been around for a very long time. So right. I I wouldn't say, you know, totally implement former fighters, but I would say at least have one. So that way there's just that former fighter perspective. So let's say he might see something that they're not seeing, obviously, because again, we don't know, you know, cause you need IQ to score, right. you know? And I, like, I, I don't know these, they don't have Instagrams. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, maybe this is something I probably have to YouTube or something. Yeah. It's, I mentioned it because I know uh, recently Greg Hardy, he's a former NFL player who uh, he recently fought. Um, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he was fighting. And Daniel Cormier, um, you know, former UFC heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion. And when he's in between fights, he does commentary. 
and him and Dan Hardy are former fighters. Right. And because they understand what it's like to be in the cage and they understand, okay, th- this is a left, a left hook. This mm-hmm. is a low, you know, a low kick. This is a, a jab and a cross or a three, a two, three, and they could explain it better. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a point where Greg Hardy admitted that, you know, uh, you know, Dan, uh, this was mostly because there's no crowds, but Daniel Cormier was saying he has to check those leg kicks. So in between rounds, he made that judgment. He heard him say that and it helped him, you know what I'm saying? So that, that kind of, uh, that kind of support and, uh, you know, you know, having people with that kind of knowledge, I'm not saying is I put them out there to help the fighters win fights, but at least they understand what's going on. The problem with a lot of these judges is that they don't understand, uh, you know, what's going on. They don't understand top control. They don't understand um, position. Yeah. They don't, they don't know how to, you know, you know, uh, control time and, you know, it you makes know. you question what they're even looking at. Like exactly, <laughs> they so, don't understand these things. Like, what are y'all watching? And so, on, another thing, a lot of people, uh, you know, some people have mentioned is probably, you know, at the end of the at the end of the night, the referees, uh, not referees, I always say referees, but judges should, you know, when they have their meeting, they should give a reason why they scored the fight that way, because, like you said, everybody do, no matter who it is, there's always gonna be that one person who sees the fight differently. Yeah, you know, some yeah, people find you take scorecard that's just like off in comparison to like the other two yeah like some judges might view knockdowns more than anything else so like you might you might lose the total significant strikes but if you knock this dude down twice they feel like you won the fight you know what i'm saying so i think referees should just be held more accountable they shouldn't just be able to go out there score the fight however they see fit especially in, in these certain markets even if it wasn't universal, but these certain markets that were having these issues, the judges either they do a better job picking judges or they make them, you know, explain not to the fans or the fighters, but to commission why they scored the fight that way. So yeah. now they can understand, all right, is this guy being biased? Is he paying attention? Is he is he getting those key moments? Is that, you know, mm-hmm. what is he looking for? Yeah. Because every everybody scores the fight different. But yep. when you when you have clear robberies, uh you know, it, 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 it's hard for people like casuals, for instance, who, who might, you know, watch the fight and they see a robbery, right? A uh, robbery, like the one Max Holloway experience. They may not watch the fight. Uh, they may not watch UFC anymore because they feel like the judging is terrible and the fights are, is just, you know, the judges do whatever yeah. they want. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. judges should just be more accountable. Yeah, in, in UFC, I think it's, um, like I was saying earlier, a little bit more black and white in terms of scoring because you can kind of tell, you know, when, when a fighter is getting dominated, whereas in boxing, it's a little bit more covert where, like, a, a boxer, if he's smart enough, he's got high enough IQ, he can, like, sneak rounds, you know what I'm saying? Like, just – and you will not even know it unless you got super high IQ where you know what that you – know, you know what he's doing. You know, like, in your spare time, like, look up Tony Harrison versus Jermell Charlo, the first fight. And then you'll just – well, really, the second fight. I say the second fight even more so because he was winning all those rounds up until, you know, like I said before, Jamel put the gas on him and then, you know, knocked him out. But if you want to know, like, how, like, a fighter will, like, win rounds, like, covertly, he's one of them guys that you would want to watch because, you know, he's just he's just that, you know, nice with it. But, yeah, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, it's just a problem, man. And that's honestly – um, that that's something that could be fixed, but I think 
you know, just to end, you know, just to sum this up, I think the most important for me is the phrase protect yourself at all times should be expanded to protect fighters of all times. You know what I'm saying? Before uh, they get the ring. And I'm saying, you know, fighters yeah. should always be aware that the judge, uh, the referees are the ones to stop the fight. So even if you hear the bell ring, protect yourself because you never know uh, until, the ref, uh, until the referee stops the fight. He could punch you and knock you out and you will lose the fight because the yeah. re referee didn't stop the fight. But also in the same breath, I think it's more important for fighters to be looked for. People shouldn't look out for the well-being of fighters more. You know what I'm saying? Coaches People need to stop. Care. Yeah, coaches need to stop being greedy uh, because the issue a lot of times that coaches realize the more, uh, you know, the fighter, you know, wins, uh, the more money. money they make. So they get paid more. And I understand that. It's a business, you know, and a lot of them, it's a personal friendship as well. But yeah. at the end day, it's all about the money for some of them. And that shouldn't, you know, I understand people got bills to make, but it's not a void if the fighter can't fight anymore. Like you just yeah. lost. So, you know, you just lost your, you know, one of your, one of your, uh, you know, money makers. So, you know, coaches, athletic commissions, uh, uh, referees, they all should be able to look at uh, uh, a fighter and better uh, assess the, the fight. And just a, another quick example, one of the biggest referees that always get criticized is Mario Yama, uh, yeah, Mario Yamasaki. He's a UFC uh, uh, referee for the most part. Mm -hmm. But he's known for stopping fights way too late. Like, I could punch you, you get knocked down. And you're, you're clearly out of it. Like, you're done. But he won't stop the fight. He'll let me punch you in your face 10 times and elbow you a couple times. <laughs> some people it. like that, though. That's the thing. Some people, some people they, don't, they don't mind, um, you know, like a fucking bloodbath, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. um, just a fight going, you know, because that's what people want. You know, some people, they're not going to be mad at it, you know. I mean. No, and I get it. And I think, uh, you know, as a fan, yes, that's fun to watch. But it's not fun to watch your favorite <laughs> fighter lose, you know, Craig goes flush down the toilet because the referee uh, cared more about seeing blood than he did about your well-being. So, yeah. you know, people, I just think there should be more accountability uh, for everybody. I think referees need to be fined if they're not doing their job right. Yeah. Uh, no, because someone like Mario, like this dude is literally known for being the worst judge ever. Like, he he doesn't stop fights when they need to. He let them drag on way too long. So, people getting put in the hospital when they don't really need to. Yeah, they might, you know, suffer broken nose or something. But this dude is, you know, you might, you should be walking away with a broken nose. Now you got a fractured skull, you know, missing yeah. teeth. Because, you know, he, fail, he feels like you're still in the fight. So, I just think there should be more accountability, especially with these combat sports where people's lives are at stake, where one punch can, can, you know, end your life. You have to, I think there should just be more, 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 more protection for fighters. Well, it's like I said before, if a referee's not going to do what he's supposed to do, you might as well just get out and sit in the crowd with everybody else. Mm -hmm. If no one's going to do anything, you know, what's the point of you, you know, being in there? Like I said, it's just, they have to just find a healthy, you know, balance, which is kind of hard because, you know, again, you don't want to, Feel like you're getting in the way of a solid fight at the same time you, you want to you know take their health into account and will really make it a priority 
at the same time, because like I said, people will sometimes blame the referee for stopping, you know, a fight that, you know, like I said, if Deontay Wilder want to go out on a shield, you know, well, well, not really that, but you get what I'm saying, like where a referee might just wave it off. Like Tony Harrison, like when he got knocked out, um, they were just basically like, Jamel was landing like five punch, you know, combos on him, like three consecutive uppercuts over and over and over again with, with no answer to him. And then the referee waved it off. And then Tony Harris was like, no, no, don't wave it off. But, I mean, bro, you you get hit with three or four uppercuts? Yeah. You're not, there's no response? I mean, you can't knock the referee seeing that. Well, because that's when referees really get in there. It's like when you're getting pummeled and you're not responding to yeah. it. That's why they always check gloves. You know, they, they, they do all these things because they're, they're really looking out for you. You know, yeah. not getting hit with low blows. Like, they're pr- trying to protect your body. So – you know, so like I said, I you know I I I get both sides. Yeah, man, it's a it's a very touchy subject, but hopefully in a few years or uh, you know somewhere down the line, these these things can be addressed and and there could be a quick solution or a long term yeah. solution that not only benefits the fighters but just the combat sports, uh, 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 you know, the the energy around them. Uh, because a lot of people just see combat sports as, you know, I should say athletes and fighters as some type of uh, inhumane person. You know, they're just animals. And mostly because, you know, all the injuries they sustain, but because how they, you know, they're, they're treated like gladiators. So, yeah. um, you know, as we wrap this up, though, you know, not to put people to sleep, I want, I want to add a little, uh, little touch on this. You know, we talked about the Mike uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones fight. Mm-hmm. But if that's not enough to sell you, like I said before to you, if that's not enough to sell you on the fight, at least you got Nate Robinson and uh, Jake Paul fighting uh, in undercard. Oh so, <laughs> yo, my reaction to that is like I always just freaking like chuckle because it's just laughable, man. It's, it's just laughable. It's like a like a circus, man. Like it to me, it's like like a circus fight, man. Because you got a like a YouTube personality, YouTuber fighting a former professional basketball player. Yeah, <laughs> like it just don't like when, especially when you say it like that, it just doesn't like well, you know, little 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 circus, man. It's just just pure entertainment. You know, yeah. obviously the whole fight card is like just for entertainment because they're not ranked. You know, Logan Paul is not ranked anywhere in boxing. He doesn't have a belt. And I think if they gave him a belt, it was like the freaking YouTuber belt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they gave him something because he's famous and, you know, he helped make the money because he's got a, I don't even know what network this is on, but whatever network it is, which I feel like is disowned, honestly, because that's where the KSI um, fight with Logan Paul, Jake Paul, whomever, that's what the fight was on before. It was on uh, uh, D-A-Z-N. Yeah, the zone. Like a- that's what it's called. Oh, the zone. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so 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 then there you go. So basically, all that tells me is he has a working relationship with them, where he's like, "All right, guys, I want a box." Oh, we well, have a following. Well, then we we can make it happen for you. So he's just having fun, you yeah. know. I mean, it is fun. Like I guess I'm not even gonna lie. I probably do some shit like that too. But I mean, I don't know. But still, it's just like to a real boxing fan, to a real fight fan, there's like a, you know, a circus because Logan Paul, Jake Paul, he's not a boxer. Nate Robinson, yeah. he's athletic. He's an actual athlete, but he's not a he's not a boxer. He's not a trained fighter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you put a you know two random exotic animals just to see you know what the outcome is going to be. That's all that that's all that is because that does nothing. Like in terms of the actual sport of boxing, 
media wise and like revenue, all that stuff, it brings more people to the sport. But at the same time, like they're not ranked. It doesn't mean anything. It's not going to mean anything a year from now. Like to me, you know, to you. Yeah. To a boxing, maybe a casual, like this, just for the casuals, like Logan Paul versus Nate Robinson is for casuals. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. is kind of sore for casuals because I mean, like for obviously real fight fans too, who want to see that, but I'm not from, like we said, you know, earlier, I'm not from the, the era that was watching Mike Tyson when I was growing up. You know, we didn't, we didn't used to watch him. We know him, we know he's a legend. We know Roy Jones is a legend, but like, he's not of my era. So it really does nothing for me other than like, oh, I, you know, let's see the outcome. Let's see if Mike Tyson still got it. But, you know, just entertainment card, pure entertainment. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm so excited. I'm looking, I'm so looking forward to that fight when it's over. Um, because the last thing I want to see is five foot six Nate Robinson fight, six foot one Jake Paul. Both with no experience. I know Jake. I know Jake Paul actually trains with his brother. I think with uh, uh I think Ryan you mentioned uh, Ryan Garcia. So at least he has that going for him, and he's been doing that for a while. But honestly, uh, that's just a cash grab, just to put yeah. a couple famous people on the, on the card. But I think Mike. I hope Mike Tyson bites off Roy Jones. Uh, Roy, Roy Jones ear off, and uh, you know. Well. You- well, I mean, unfortunately, they're wearing headgear, so I don't think he'd have to like <laughs> he'd have to like eat through the 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 headgear. Follow me, I'll pay fifty through. bucks to see that. Yeah, but I, I mean, he'd be yeah. Uh, it's just I don't. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, you know, I I got Mike Tyson winning. Hopefully, it's like a cool you know knockout because we've seen the training video. So you know, he seems like he's getting back you know in shape. It's August first, so he's got like a whole which I'm pretty sure he's in a fight camp. So he's got like a whole nother, you know, month in small change to, you know, get in like tip top shape, you know, probably have like a peak week, you know, and um, yeah, like I said, I'd like to see a knockout. I don't want to see them go tit for tat. Um, you know, we, you said that they, uh, oh, no cut rule. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, pure entertainment. Like this is like a, it was like vanity, like it's like for vanity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's a charity match. Yeah, like they want to see what they can prove to themselves that, that they still got it and then like prove to people that, you know, they're still the greats that we know that they already are. So that's why I, when I say it's not necessary because we know they're great, like, you know what I mean? And yeah, Ray Jones is not, well, he's not a heavyweight, you know, he was a, you know, light heavyweight, super middleweight. So, but, yeah, like I said, you know, I, I'll watch it. You know, I, just a, a nice little way to end this. I think uh, this is the first time anybody's been excited to see two 50-year-olds go at it. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. On that note, I, that made me not, uh, I'm disgusted <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> Oh man, I don't even know what you said. What did you say? Oh, I said this is the first time people are looking forward to a bunch of fifty olds going at it. Wink, wink. It's the, it's but yeah, I, I, nah, I'm, I, I'm done. This pod, this podcast is over. Any, anywhere people can find you. <laughs> um, you could find me at Instagram.com slash Dimitri Dues Jr. And you can also check out my YouTube channel. 
at Mr. DJ dash MDJ spelled yeah. DJAY. Definitely check it out. Cause we, uh, we actually just did a, uh, uh, a podcast for him. Um, he still owes me $5,000 for that plus $2,000 for his plug on this one. So, uh, Although unemployment ran out, I'll be getting paid, right, Dimitri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, this is my guy, man. This is my guy. Always Absolutely. a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. Yeah, I'm your guy when I get that Venmo, PayPal, whatever you want to send it. So, you know, shit. I'll be waiting. You get you get that shit in uh, Wakandan dollars, man. All right, perfect. I, I, I'll, call, I'll call your brother Lil Yachty, man. I, I'll call him. Let's see if he can hook me up, bro. Oh, my God. Just call me Takashi at this point. Ridiculous, but uh, I'm glad, man. I'm glad to have you on the show, man. It's always fun That's having it. having always. you, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that check hopefully real soon, and uh, many more, man. Uh, sky's many the more. limit, absolutely. And remember, a better hand is a helping man. Oh, I botched my own. Oh. <laughs> I botched my own. Ending. It's late, yo. It's late, man. It is late. A better hand is a wait. Oh my God! I got lay off the. Oh my the. Whew. A helping hand is a better hand. Thank you and good night. Yeah. I'm ending this conversation. <laughs> <laughs>